lads. Explain those bad lads. That's a hell of a name. I say agency effort to protect the 2020 election by surging coordination and collaboration with our partners across the national security space. In conclusion, because of these and other efforts, on November 12, 2020, government and industry representatives from the election security community issued a joint statement reflecting a consensus perspective that the 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. As you move out from Election Day, there will be tabulators that, uh, that may have Internet connections to transmit the vote from the precinct to the county level to the state. Again, security controls in place, and as long as you have the paper, can't hack paper, right, right, right. you can run that process. That's well, a lie. That's a lie. Just going to throw that out there. I'm feeling it's a little... big old lie, and, uh, and, and, and it's provable now. In their own yes. words, I'm so excited. Yeah, tonight's going to be a fire show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go through uh, something that makes zero sense to me, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here reading this thing, Ash, and I'm like, whoa, this is way over my head, but I get enough of it that I can put context clues together and everything else. Yeah, I asked um, Sean if he could jump on, Colonel Sean Smith, and talk about some of these vulnerabilities that we're going to talk about. And he's like, I'm at a Mexican restaurant and the Mexican music is very loud overhead. I'm sorry. I told him, I asked him at the last minute. So maybe, Don't you know, worry. next week or something, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to have him on and break this down. And from a very technical level. Uh, I don't know if Clay is around or in the chat, but he could, pay, he could probably give us, a, give us a little bit of help. But I, I also think... We're gonna do it. We're gonna do all right on this because oh yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, we'll be fine on it. I mean, we might have to get somebody that can clarify a few things in the chat, like what certain things might mean, some codes and stuff. Um, but real quick, we're gonna jump into our first sponsor. But before we do that, I want to clear something up because I am so pissed off about this. This was the most disgusting thing I think I've seen. Maybe. I I don't know. This might be the most disgusting election clickbait bullshit that I've oh, ever yeah. seen in my life. And I want to share this because th this needs to be called out to the fullest extent. So I'm sitting here, me and Ash just get off with uh, the, 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 the hearing um, in, in Georgia. And I get this text message and I open it up. Our hearts go out to the family of Clarence Thomas. We had hoped he had more time. Here's the sad news in case you missed it. And it's some clickbait bullshit. Clarence Thomas is fine. I had to rush to my computer and start Googling Clarence Thomas and looking on X and truth and everything else to see if there's anything through it. And it was Monica De La Cruz, Republican from the Texas 15th District. It was a campaign win red mass text message that was sent out and you should be ashamed of yourself. Sending something out like that. Is she it possible that hacked. it was a hack? She might have been hacked, but it it, it went to uh you know it went if if you type in the link it oh, goes. Oh, a bunch of people in the chat got that too, Brian. I am so pissed off about that. Oh man, that just really aggravates the crap out of me. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna let you take care of our first sponsor here, the incredible folks over at uh. Actually, no, we can't do that one because uh, my 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 dummy, my dumb person that I am, I did not uh, upload it. So let's go ahead and do the second one first. Oh. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from My Pillow, towels that actually work. 
Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. All right, MyPillow.com, promo code BADLANDS. Help out Mike Lindell, a real patriot, fighting for election integrity across the fruited plains. And uh, let's go ahead and do our first two sponsors. So we'll go ahead and jump into the one. I got it uploaded because I'm not a complete dunce. We're doing your Patriot store? Oh, yeah. All right, Badlanders. With the election season now in full swing, Trump Trump train sightings are predicted to be higher in the coming months than ever recorded. Are you ready? If not, we've got you covered with the heavy-duty hitch mount flagpole kit from your Patriot store. It's built to withstand higher speeds, and the dual locking system with pin and thumb screw will keep your flag securely in place even on the highways. Made in East Lake, Ohio, this heavy-duty hitch mount comes with a 3x5 America-made America flag uh, for you to proudly display on your vehicle or on an easy-pull flagpole at home, also found at your Patriot store. These are heavy-duty flagpoles, proudly made in America and built with extra quality, extra care to get Badlanders ready for the election season. Your Patriot store is offering buy two flags, get one free, and buy two t-shirts, get one free. You have to use promo codes BADLANDS35 to get this exclusive discount. So hurry, because the deal is too good to last. There's also a huge 50% off site-wide sale happening now through next week. So hurry, these deals won't last. One more time, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash Patriot store and use promo code badlands35. All right. And thank you to Patriot store. Uh, I want to point this out real quick. Uh, Where'd it go? Silent whisper says, Brian, with that kind of news, you won't find it in that format. Right. But keep in mind, I had been on a live stream all day, so I wasn't looking at news. And so I figured maybe there was a chance that this got out beforehand and this is just a reaction, somebody trying to monetize a tragedy like that. It just, it, it scared the yeah. hell out of me, you know? And uh, it's really trashy and bad form. It's horrible. I, form. I almost hope she was hacked because otherwise she's just a scumbag. Horrible form. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, before we get rolling into the show, please, if you guys could hit that thumbs up. What in the face am I making? hold on one moment please screen grab thank you (laughs) i don't even know what that face is now i know why now i know why when i see all of you guys at gart y'all are like man you're a lot taller than i thought you were i look short i look tiny i gotta i gotta do something here i'm six foot three folks yeah you are really tall though i mean i think even if you looked normal size on screen people would still say you're oh my gosh you're taller because you are freakishly tall well i'm not freak you know you're no seth keschel but you're you're close <sighs> he's one of the few people that i actually have to look up to 
It's really weird. All right, guys, let's jump into this, man. So this report started in 2019, was done by 2020, and it just got buried, got buried, completely missing. Hat tip to Yehuda Miller for yeah. discovering this. And uh, he's done some incredible work with FOIA requests over the last uh, year or so. Um, incredible guy. I had the opportunity to meet him out at uh, the the Moment of Truth, um, la the last two Moment Moment of Truth uh, symposium, whatever you want to call them. And uh, just a good dude and doing a lot of good work. And uh, Ash, you ready to jump into this? I am. This report debunks everything SZA has ever said. So uh, it's it's pretty exciting, you guys. This is going to make you. Angry because, you know, I think angry and happy. Go up real quick and read the disclaimer on the front page of the report, or I can read it if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. Disclaimer. And again, this is March 2021 that this report is released. This report is provided as is for informational purposes only. The Department of Homeland Security does not provide any warranties of any kind regarding the inform any information within. DHS does not endorse any commercial product or service referenced in this advisory or otherwise. The document is distrib distributed as TLP colon Amber, limited disclosure, restricted to participants' organizations. Recipients may only share TLP Amber information with members of their own organization and with clients or customers who need to know the information to protect themselves or prevent further harm. Sources are at, and then there's more information. So the reason, so TLP is traffic light protocol. And the reason I want to make sure everybody understands that is because in this report, it shows who the member organizations are of the election infrastructure sub, uh, subsector coordinating council. All of those people have told a whole bunch of lies about our elections based on what's included in this report. 100%. This this document right here is incredibly concerning. Uh Ash, at any time stop me if you have anything you want to jump in or if you, I'll I'll take a break about halfway through and and let you take over reading it. Uh this report from the executive summary provides analysis findings and recommendations derived from non-attributable cybersecurity trends observed between November 3, 2019 and November 3, 2020, or election year 20, as it's designated throughout here, among election infrastructure subsector entities, or EI subsector entities, uh, subscribe to services provided by CISA, specifically cyber hygiene, or SciHi, vulnerability scanning and assessment values, CISA's analysis of the available data for assessed EI entities found 76% of EI entities, election infrastructure entities, for which CISA performed a risk and vulnerability assessment had spear phishing weaknesses, which provide an entry point for adversaries to launch attacks. Now I know what phishing is, so I wasn't quite sure what spear phishing was, so I looked it up real quick. Spear phishing is a cyber attack method that hackers use to steal sensitive information or install malware on devices of specific victims, spear phishing attacks are highly targeted and hugely effective and difficult to prevent. I'm Seven glad that's the answer because my initial thought was it's got to be much more targeted phishing attack. So I was close. <laughs> spear phishing, phishing. Yeah, yeah. like you're 
Yeah. You're not, you know, out just fishing out. You're like going directly to a target. So keep that in mind, folks. 76%, more than three fourths, 48% of are, entities. Oh, well, hang on a second. That 76% is, is vulnerable to an, to uh, open to right. Swiss cheese vulnerable to inserting of malware which we've heard repeatedly in a lot of different states and a lot of different places. Um, and the malware that we talked about in the water hearing, communications infrastructure hearing, these are uh, regular, normal, normal vulnerabilities that everybody knows exists except in elections up to this point. Turns out they exist in elections too. Go ahead. Yep. 48%, so almost half, had a critical or high severity vulnerability on at least one internet accessible host, providing a potential attack vectors to adversaries. 39% of entities ran at least one risky service on an internet accessible host, providing the opportunity for threat actors to attack otherwise legitimate services. 34% of entities ran unsupported operating systems on at least one internet accessible host. Where have we heard that before? unsupported operating systems which exposes entities to compromise and um the, the I, I don't think i read this in the report i think i read it in one of the gateway pundit articles about this report but there is a um kind of plausible deniability about who's responsible in terms of securing the infrastructure right you know where i'm going with that with the polis thing are we going to get into the polis thing I've got I've got it pulled up if we have time at the end, okay. uh, because there's you know I, I I'd like to get a little more definitive on that first, but yeah I've got that pulled up as well. Right. All right, so CISA recommends the following to reduce the mitigations: improve phishing defenses by regularly training users, implementing email filters, deploying post delivery protection, and conducting regular phishing assessments. Patch vulnerabilities on internet accessible systems and devices on a regular schedule. Now that's a that's a big one right there because. We learned in the in the Antrim County report by Matt DiPerno and and ASOG that they were wildly out of date with their patches, security patches, way out of date. We learned the same thing in Maricopa County with the Cyber Ninjas report, way out of date. We learned the same thing in sure. Curling Raffensburger, where the uh, the BMDs there are running Android five one or whatever it was when they're on fourteen point whatever. And 5.1 isn't even supported by Android anymore. Like they don't make patches and updates for it. Yeah. So when you read this about patching vulnerabilities, they're not doing it. And they say yeah. here, if you scroll up, it says 34% um, uh, of entities ran unsupported operating systems. Well, I just named every entity that's been analyzed in, in a forensic anal analysis, and they're all uh, out of date. And I, I think Mesa was too, am I right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Was I'm pretty sure it was either Mesa one or Mesa two that talked about um, the the patches being out of date. So you you have Sisa telling us that it's only thirty four percent. So I, the credibility of this report is is questionable at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, especially because they've lied about it for two years. Right. Right. Safest and the most secure election in history. How freaking bad were the ones before this one? Right. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, securely configure internet accessible ports and services on systems and devices by implementing strong identity and access management controls, including strong passwords. Another 
big, big one that we found out about. Multi-factor authentication and the principles of least privilege and update software and OS to supported versions. Now the password, I mean, the strong password, we know in Maricopa, the passwords were universal throughout. Everybody had the same password. In Maricopa, excuse me, in Antrim County, the passwords were like pink one, two, three or something like that. Yeah. And no cap, just, yeah. Well, and the principle of least privilege means that you only, it's need to know, basically, from a te from a technical access standpoint, only the, you know, the sensitive information should only give it, be given to people with, with need to know. You shouldn't have open access to certain critical parts of the infrastructure. I don't know if they, I don't know if they do that or not. I doubt it. Um, but also can't Dominion, isn't Dominion like the only people that are able to access a whole bunch of this stuff? Or the machine provider, not just Dominion. Maybe, maybe. Well, we'll find out so about I think that. about the um, the recount in El Paso County in 2022. When he did yep. the recount, there was a whole bunch of problems and the county people couldn't do anything. They had to call in the Dominion people to fix it. So, yep. And they stuck their USB sticks into the machines and reprogrammed them before they uh, did anything. Well, that was in Georgia, I think. I want you to keep in mind, guys, this report right here that's been hidden from the public for three years is worth about $780 million. To Hashtag Fox News. Fox News, you're exonerated. You might want to go after your cat. Oh, wait, you guys didn't really give a shit about integrity and, and, and proving anything. No, they had in that case... They had Eric Coomer's, what were they, emails or text messages where he was like, it's, it, it's riddled with holes. It's Swiss cheese and our product, our products are dog shit or something like that. I'm probably misquoting him. Don't sue me. Eric Coomer, you know, you, you know what you said, um, but they had those, those communications in that case and then inexplicably settled. Mm hmm. Yeah, reading on, it says uh, threat actors are motivated to leverage the weaknesses identified in this report to disrupt national critical functions and target EI election uh, infrastructure entities that provide critical IT infrastructure to support the U.S. elections process. Now, I always want to highlight stuff like that because uh, this is a $26 trillion economy or whatever we're up to now. Um, the, 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 the most powerful position in the free world, the president of the United States, although you can make an ar argument for the Fed. Um, yeah. So anyways, well, you know, what's funny is that um, this the, the lead in that's just the executive summary. That we oh, yeah. Looked at, right. The, the executive summary of this seems like it's laying the foundation for the DNI report that came out in the wake of the 2020 election. Big time, big time that, you know, I was thinking about 13848 throughout uh, reading this the whole time I'm reading this. I couldn't help but think about that. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the report. That was just the executive summary. This subsector report aggregates and analyzes EI entity data collected through CISA's SciHi vulnerability scanning service and cybersecurity assessments. And, and that's a reoccurring theme throughout this, Ash, is let CISA take care of your cybersecurity. We got you. We got you. Well, yeah, uh, we, it, we covered those CIS Inc. contracts and weren't those subcontracts to CISA where they were using CIS Inc. to do exactly this? Yep. Using a private non-entity. So this report has got to have, I, I would imagine it's got NGO fingerprints all over it, all over it. Yeah. The same NGO whose uh, subordinate was, or not subordinate, but, uh, you know, whatever subsidiary, subsidiary. was telling us that, uh, was telling uh, social media platforms who to censor when they talk about election misinformation. As yeah, they know, 
that there's huge vulnerabilities in our elections. It provides insight into internet accessible and internal vulnerabilities on EI entities, information in, information technology assets. Uh, it goes on to say the fundamental IT systems required to conduct an efficient election process may include, now these are the devices we're talking about here, election management systems or EMSs, voter registration systems, electronic poll books, ballot programmers and printers, election data solutions, digital election supplies used to store, transport, and equipment. I mean, we could go through, Ash, and just hit some of the the the, the known- uh, I can summarize it. Go ahead. Fake voters, fake ballots, fake counts. <laughs> well, I was every, gonna go every, 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 every single one of those is represented in that list of technologies. Yeah, I was going to go through and name some of the specific instances like EMSs. I mean, all over Fulton County, Georgia, huge problems with the EMS there, huge problems with the EMS in, in Michigan, huge problems and with the, the ballot marking devices in Georgia, too, right? Yep, yeah. 100%. Uh, voter registration systems. How about Elliot Kerwin out in Maricopa County that breached uh, Arizona's voter registration system, was arrested by the FBI and just disappeared? Just poof, gone. Don't hear much about him anymore. Electronic poll books. I broke the story in Dallas County. Uh, thanks to the Patriots out there in Dallas County that sent me the uh, poll books going up incrementally as polls were supposed to be closing. Uh, ballot programmers and printers. Hashtag Maricopa County 2022. Clay Perique's work out there finding the 19-inch, 20-inch ballots. Um, election data solutions. I ain't got nothing on that. And uh, digital election supplies used to store, transport, and use equipment. How about, uh, I, I would assume that used to store transport and use equipment uh maybe they're talking about the usb sticks like claire woodall vog in in uh was it was it green bay that had to go back at three o'clock in the morning because she forgot one of your usb sticks came back and grabbed another one but anyways the ei subsector is target Didn't is a ruby freeman say something about usb sticks do you want to get sued <laughs> again <laughs> they're ginger mints come on come on <laughs> Those were ginger mints. You always pass off ginger mints. Not like what she said. You always pass it off like it's an eight ball of cocaine. Come on. Always. Uh, ginger mints are prohibited items. Yes, absolutely. Uh, EI subsector is a target for advanced persistent threats, APTs, backed by foreign governments that may seek to interfere with the U.S. In election integrity. Cyber criminals interested in profiting from data breaches and ransomware, excuse me, ransomware attacks on voter registration databases vote tabulations, and other sensitive records and systems. An APT actor successfully, and this is just some examples they give, an APT actor, remember, advanced persistent threat actor, successfully obtained U.S. voter registration data, including in at least one instance from a state election website, that's that was in Florida, and launched an election-related disinformation campaign, and they claimed that that was Iranians that hacked into a Florida voter registration system. Naturally. Uh, yep. Well, them or the Russians. <laughs> sent out a whole bunch of emails to uh, a bunch of people about voting and, you know, threatening them and whatever. Um, th this also is discussed in, I, I believe it was in Kill Chain, but it might have been Hacking Democracy, where if they can breach the voter registration database, they can go in and just make subtle changes to like addresses and stuff and yeah. be able to influence elections that way. Is it Red something? Red, uh, red something road. Uh, yeah, Christian. Red. Jersky's work. Red Belly Road? Red Belly, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. I like that last sentence there. Yep. Uh, and Second launched an election. Oh, oh. Uh, go ahead. 
Okay, in October 2020, SISA also observed APT's targeting election infrastructure in state, local, tribal, and territorial government entities' networks. As of October 24th, 2020, SISA has no evidence to indicate that integrity of elections data was compromised. What well, is the footnote they're referencing? They're referencing footnote number nine. What is footnote number nine? Uh, let's see. Footnote number nine, CISA alert, APT actors chaining vulnerabilities against SLTT, state, local, uh, territorial, and tribal, critical infrastructure and elections organization. It's a certain, yeah, it's an NCAS alert. I'm not sure. It says, well-resourced threat actors such as APTs may increase the potential for future election data compromise and disruption of election infrastructure operations. All right. So let's jump into some of the methods that they, uh, that they utilized. Sci-Hi automated vulnerability scanning tools were deployed or are deployed to monitor internet accessible systems for known vulnerabilities, configuration errors, and suboptimal security practices. CISA scans internet protocol addresses, IP addresses, with the NMAP network scanner and probes responsive hosts with the Nessus vulnerability scanner to identify critical, high, medium, and low severity vulnerabilities based on the common vulnerability scoring system. All right, goes on to say the cybersecurity assessments are a one-to-one -one or one-on-one -on -one engagement between CISA and an entity. Again, they're trying to get the federal government to federalize election security. Yeah. Uh, it says assessment data derives from one or more of the various CISA offerings. Another play, including scenario-based network penetration testing web application testing, social engineering testing, wireless network testing, configuration management reviews of servers and databases, phishing assessments, and network security architecture reviews. CISA provides an entity-specific risk analysis report that includes actionable remediation recommendations prioritized by risk. This is a sales pitch. That's a massive sales pitch. It's also a uh, uh, local open records um, indicator right there. Everybody should get for their own elections officials, see if CISA did a entity specific risk analysis and what that report showed about your own election systems. There you go. There's a call to action, ladies and gentlemen, do open records requests for what did they, how did, would they call it? CISA, CISA entity specific risk analysis. There you go. CISA risk, uh, spe entity specific risk analysis. Do FOIAs on those. All right. Risk and vulnerability assessments collect data through assessments and combine it with national threat and vulnerability information in order to provide an organization with actionable remediation recommendations prioritized by risk. This assessment is designed to identify vulnerabilities that our adversaries could exploit to compromise network security controls. Remote penetration tests simulate the tactics and techniques used by real-world adversaries to identify and validate exploitable pathways. This service is designed for testing perimeter defenses, the security of externally available applications, and the potential for exploitation of open source information, which I thought was interesting because everything Halderman said that he needed to do the hack in, in curling was open source, all of it. Yep. And uh, Makanon wants to remind everybody that Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss received the Presidential Citizens Medal from Joe Biden in 2023. Yep. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you help carry that old geriatric across the finish line. Yeah. Thank you for the rant, Makanon. Phishing campaign assessments evaluate an organization's susceptibility and reaction to phishing emails of varying complexity. Now let's get into the statistics. What actually happened? Go ahead. 
No, I just look at that visual. Look at the left. Look at the look at that visual. Yeah, it says 301 election infrastructure entities were scanned by the Sci High Vulnerability Scanning Service by the end of election year 2020. Over the course of election year 2020, EI entities scanned in Sci High increased from 230 to 301. And the host increased from 53,000 to 66,000. Now, if you look at this chart right here, folks, the blue is the number of entities scanned. Well, entities and host. On the left is entities, on the right is hosts. Yeah, the totally. Orange, the orange is the number of vulnerabilities detected. Yeah. So, so they scanned 301 entities. Total entities scanned 301. Of those 301 entities that were scanned, 248 were found were 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 had 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 vulnerabilities detected yep and i mean out of 66,000 of the host 8100 that's still a chunk that's a big number you know that's more than 10% it says sisa performed 124 assessments for election infrastructure entities in election year 20 assessment findings identified specific gaps in the cybersecurity posture of individual organizations when aggregate aggregated these findings present common attack paths and weaknesses that attackers may use to breach entities defenses and bypass implemented controls jump down here during election year 2020 sci high scanning detected detected 48,796 total vulnerabilities on hosts in the 324 participating entities. Let me read that again. 48,796 total vulnerabilities on hosts out of just 324 participating entities. Of those vulnerabilities, 319 or 0.8% were critical severity and 1,820 or four and a half percent were high severity based on the CVSS score. Now, again, you can look at this figure right here and the gray is medium. So 88% of them are medium vulnerabilities. Only 5.8% are low, uh, 0.8 critical and 4.55 high. Yes, and I would just like to remind everybody that they SISA has no evidence that any of these vulnerabilities have been breached. Also, they haven't looked. <laughs> Jane712 says, those are just vulnerabilities though. No <laughs> intentions of committing fraud. Come on. Y yeah, you know, I, I, I get the sarcasm. I, I totally get that. But think about it, folks. Like if there is, you know, people, I watch spy movies, like, right? Like I watch like these spy movies and I'm like, oh, you know, nothing like, like I'm watching this kaleidoscope right now. And it's like a bank heist on this like super, super, it's like Ocean's Eleven on steroids. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're going in there to steal $7 billion. I guess the, you know, that's worth it in the end. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'd rather steal the United States. <laughs> like you and everyone else, apparently. The ultimate heist, right? Like there's no greater reward out there than the United States of America. If you can steal the United States, you have an endless money pit that we'll just keep sending over to Ukraine, right? Yeah, that would be a perfect time to drop that video. You know, that how to steal an election. It's got the 
the kind of upbeat music and they're like, you know, Admiral, find, find some people to carry the message. Not those yeah. people, not those people, those people, Ooh. that video. Yeah. That, that, that would have gone perfect. That was a great video early. That video was prophetic, man. That it, video. Yeah, was it was early. I'm actually going to find it. We'll play it at some point. All right. CISA and enrolled entities can measure the effectiveness of vulnerability management by examining the number of days between initial detection and remediation. The median number of days to remediate provides an indication of how long it takes entities to reduce their exposure to vulnerabilities. The median days to remediate vulnerabilities in the EI entities was 103.7 days. 103.7 days to re remediate these vulnerabilities for the critical severity vulnerabilities and 91.9 days for the high severity vulnerabilities. So this is interesting when you consider how our election laws are constructed and think about Carrie Lake. She attempted to have the issue of the machines remediated before her election. There was a whole bunch of legal shenanigans. Then it was after, right after the election. And it was, oh, you didn't bring it within the right window, all this kind of stuff. And now you look and see, well, there could be glaring vulnerabilities that they can't repair and you are not allowed to look. You are not allowed to question it. You will be silenced and censor censored and demonized if you even question it. And they admit it, just not to us. They admit it among each other in the, the you know, limited process, time, <laughs> traffic limited process group that's allowed to look at this. Everybody else gets told the misinformation and disinformation, disinformation, intentional, wrong information safest and secure election systems that were gold standard above reproach. It was all a lie and they knew it. Don't question it or you will go to prison. Hashtag yep. County uh, vulnerabilities that remain open for extended periods could allow malicious actors to compromise election related networks through exploitable externally facing systems. All right. Here's another uh, chart right here. EI entities, median range. We, we kind of went over that. Medium and low severity vulnerabilities also have the potential to impact EI entities as their presence on a network perimeter could act as a launch point or become part of a chain of vulnerabilities used to perpetuate an attack. CISA has observed APT advanced persistent threats exploiting multiple legacy vulnerabilities in combination with newer privilege escalation vulnerabilities to facilitate attacks. I love that term, multiple legacy vulnerabilities, meaning vulnerabilities that have been there forever. We know about them and we can't really do shit about them. I love that line. Yeah. All right. And here's another one. Look at the total vulnerabilities remediated by severity. Uh, and you can see 90 plus days old, the, the chart right there, 8,200 uh, that are 90 plus days old and the severity total 20,000. But remember, 40. What was it? 43,000 or 47,000 detected, 20,000 remedied or remediated. Excuse me. That sounds like there's still a lot of vulnerabilities, Brian. Sounds like that to me. I mean, if you I said say, I found that video, I send it to you for whenever right, we'll, you want to play it. We'll probably play that towards the end there. Uh, during election year 20, there were 125 critical and 480 high severity vulnerabilities were remediated in over 90 days. Now I highlighted over in pink there because I'm assuming that the fact that they qual qualified that with the word over, that's a lot. 
now I don't know. I'm not an IT expert. I'm not a cybersecurity expert. I wish, you know, we could get one on here tonight, but I'm assuming that means it's a lot. Well, isn't it, isn't it, wasn't above, didn't it say that, was, was there a time bound that they, like a time, a timing that they should, they're there, that scale well, over it's 90. It said just to do them as quickly as possible, but it said, you know, an average of 103 days for one type, uh, 103 days for critical, and then 91 days for high. Okay. So So that's their actual, not what the target is for time to remediation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, If you can, can you um, kick out that flag, MAGA TV? Do you have moderator access? Oh. Let me do it real quick. Oh, yeah, I do. Sorry. In the chat, I thought we were talking about something in in StreamYard. I got it. Oh, okay. You're already on it. Boom. Out of <laughs> here. All right. Uh, 125, we, we read that, right? The, the longer a vulnerability remains active on an internet accessible host, the more time a threat actor has to identify the weakness and launch an attack. CISA encourages entities to remediate internet accessible vulnerabilities as quickly as possible. However, due to resource constraints and entity priorities, not every vulnerability can be remediated quickly. The threat actor decision to spend time and resources weaponizing a vulnerability is dependent on multiple vulnerability traits. Cybersecurity researchers contend that only 2 to 5% of published vulnerabilities are ever weaponized by threat actors for use in an attack i.e. exploit code or malware is only developed for a small subset of vulnerabilities. Now, where is that no, from? They, they, no, stop. Hang on. Go back. They have no way of knowing that. They have no way of knowing that because it assumes that the intention of the malware is some sort of no, like, like it's going to, they're going to, they're going to come in and they're going to steal our information or exploit our system in a way that we're going to detect. They have no idea how many malware insertions have happened, how many code has been exploited that is undetected that accomplished the intention of the threat actor, but they never knew about it because it was an undetected breach. They can't make that statement. They don't know. Well, the the, the reason I want to know the source of that is because they're saying cybersecurity researchers contend two, two to five percent. But what's the scope of their research? Are they looking at local businesses? Are they looking at critical infrastructure? Are they looking at elections? The United States election, no doubt, is one of the most scrutinized, uh, you know, uh, 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 infrastructures in the world. I mean, you've got Iranians, Chinese, Serbians, uh, Russians, Ukrainians, you know, every country yeah. trying to get in there, into them. Yeah, the other thing I would say is that that statement in green, the one that's in green on the screen, is about cybersecurity broadly, not about elections. And we have a bunch of tech people in the chat. So I want uh, I want you guys to, while we're going through this, let us know what you think about that statement that only 2 to 5% of published vulnerabilities are ever weaponized by threat actors for use in an attack, and if they'd have any way of actually knowing that. All right. Reading on, it says, during election year 20's first quarter, CISA identified 6.8% of scanned EI entities had critical severity vulnerabilities with known exploits on at least one host. Critical severity vulnerabilities with known exploits were remediated in 108 median days. 
a wide array of adversaries, sophisticated and unsophisticated, target vulnerabilities that have known exploits. Such targets require relatively fewer resources to exploit and provide attackers a higher probability of success in gaining access to an entity's network. Jumping down here, and you could see this is a chart here of the vulnerabilities with known exploits, and this is a timeline. So starting here all the way on the left at quarter one is November 3rd, 2019. All right, moving all the way over here to Q4 is August uh, 2020 through November 3rd, 2020. And you can see the number of vulnerabilities still there, all right, in Q4. So you've got an increase here in high, an increase in medium, and an increase in low. And you also have uh, increases in the number that are being exploited. Or uh, Yeah, because uh, the, the orange is entities with a vulnerability with a known exploit. Just look at those numbers, man. What? Look at the line. Between Q4, that's Q4 of 2019, right? The fourth vertical on the chart. No, no, no. no, no. So, so um, each each Q1 is November 3rd through February 3rd. Oh, got it. Okay. And, and so, so like, this Q4, is the, go ahead. The top, the top is this the severity of the vulnerability. I see it now. This section is critical, high, medium, low, and so the last bar is always going to be like drop dead date, like right at election day. And so look gotcha. at the median, sixty nine point four with thirty eight point point thirty eight percent with a known exploit. That yeah. these numbers are wild, man. Like these are insane. Yeah. All right. The average backlog of vulnerabilities per EI entity peaked at 86.2 vulnerabilities per entity in quarter two, then improved over the course of the year with a final average of 74.2 vulnerabilities per entity in quarter four. You know what the backlog should be on vulnerabilities in our election system? Zero. Zero. It's unacceptable. Well, you, can't, you can't have zero vulnerabilities in a technology-based system. It doesn't exist. That's why you have defense in depth protocols for all, not just critical infrastructure, but all digital systems, because you have to have redundancies down into the systems. You cannot, no, no technology, no cybersecurity professional is going to tell you that they can give you a 0% uh, guarantee on threats. It's why we don't want digitally based election systems because they are impossible to secure. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I said paper ballots, but yeah. you, you, you got I was, it. I was ranting, so I didn't hear you. The top five is a typical woman, man. Typical woman. I'm going to go uh, off. I have no freaking power. I can't drop you out of this. Damn it. <laughs> I was going Fanny Willis with the sandwich. Um, all right. <laughs> I got to clip that. I got to go back and clip that. I the can't top believe five. they're allowed to make those statements. It was so gender uninclusive, both oh, of their testimony. Oh, I know. And I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Like, you shouldn't emasculate any man. You shouldn't emasculate anybody. Like, that's just she, not a cool she thing. She did, to do. though. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to emasculate a black man until five seconds later. You see, 1P1V said, uh, don't make Ash emasculate you, Brian. <laughs> and she's on delay, so she didn't hear what we just said. She didn't hear that either. All right, the top five most prevalent critical severity vulnerabilities appeared in multiple entities and hosts across the subsector and exposed common issues facing the subsector. Let's get into it. Uh, I have no idea what all these mean, but if you guys want to see this report, you guys, and you, you have tech 
background, check it out. Many of the top five most prevalent critical and high severity vulnerabilities discovered were due to host using unsupported software, protocols, and operating system versions, all of which we have evidence of in 2020. Unsupported products provide threat actors an incentive to attack as they can easily target known weaknesses in these products to compromise target networks and systems. By the end of uh, election year 2020, CISA had identified unsupported OS versions for 1.1% of scanned EI hosts and 33.6% of scanned EI entities. I mean, like, like I said, going back to what I was saying earlier, we've done forensic audits and analysis on like a handful of places and they all were outdated, unpatched, no, no antivirus, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, those were fraudits and they don't count because they were um, devastating to the regime. Pretty much, pretty much. All right. Um, percent and that chart there, percent of entities running unsupported OS and those numbers are pretty high. And then percent of hosts running OS and those numbers are much lower. Interesting. Hmm. By the end of election weird, year. Weird Nothing Wow is now a monthly supporter. Thanks so much oh. for your support. Welcome. Deeply appreciate that. Uh, by the end of election year 2020, only 1.11% of scan hosts were running unsupported OS versions, although the percent of entities running unsupported OS versions also decreased. There were still 33.6 running at least one instance of an unsupported operating system. Uh, CISA encourages entities to continue this progress by phasing out all unsupported OS versions and staying informed of vendor and manufacturer end of support notifications. Hashtag BMDs in Fulton County. Well, yeah, I mean, there's certification, there, there's end of life certification issues throughout our election systems. And um, did I read somewhere that as of no November or December of last year, we're on voting uh, voluntary voting system guidelines 2.0? Yep. Yeah. So that is going to require a whole bunch of changes that they're saying, oh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. And it explicitly says in there that in HAVA that it's voluntary. And that they're not in trouble for not, you know, following the new guidelines right away, just so everybody knows. Why did somebody say, call them out, CanCon needs to be constantly checked? What did I do? Um, I think uh, as a man who wants a sandwich. Oh. Why do I got to be checked on that? I want a sandwich. <laughs> I'm not making you a sandwich. <laughs> Ash is like 900 miles away from me. She's not going to make you a sandwich. Yeah, it's not going to be me. Wawa will make you a sandwich, as they do multiple that. times a week. <laughs> yeah, like twice a week, man. Anyways, all right. Hosts are running potentially risky services with known weaknesses and vulnerabilities. When exposed to the internet and unsecured, these additional entry points for threat actors to launch, these are additional entry points for threat actors to launch and orchestrate remote attacks on networks. CISA scans for 10 potentially risky services. Just 10? 10 potentially risky services that can increase an entity's risk of exposure. CISA identified that 39% of scanned election infrastructure entities and 2% of scanned EI entities hosts were operating potentially risky services exposed to the internet. What do they Is mean? What do they mean by services here? Uh, that's a good question. Potentially uh, risky services with known weaknesses and vulnerabilities when exposed to the internet and then secures 
these are additional entry points. So I wonder if that could be something like Microsoft SQL Server or well, they have a great office. Here. They have them listed here as okay. uh, all FTP, RPC, RDP, oh, yes. Net, NetBIOS, uh, SMB, SQL, uh, LDAP, Kerberos, or is that Cerberos? IRC. So that's what they mean by services. Right. So so SQL is one of them, which has known vulnerabilities and is used in our election system, even though it's not certified. Yep. Or right, listed on the, the, the infrastructure architecture. All right. Here's where it gets really interesting. Of the 10 risky services examined, file transfer protocol ftp was the most prevalent identified for 28 percent of entities and remote procedure call rpc was identified in 13 percent of entities ftp facilitates the transfer of files sent on a network over plain text or unencrypted protocol and rpc can be leveraged by malicious actors to facilitate privilege escalation attacks an ftp service operated without secure encryption exposes entities to threat actors who can steal sensitive data for example sisa observed threat actors employing loki bot malware to steal passwords and credentials from entities that use ftp now, when did they observe that? Because I thought they said that they didn't observe any evidence of any of this great stuff. Question. That's a great. That's a great question. Let's let's check that out. It says twenty one. Open link and new tab. Let's see what this is all about. October twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Revised. Loki bot uh, employs Trojan malware to steal sensitive information such as usernames, passwords, cryptocurrency wallets, and other credentials. Oh. February 2020. Let's see if we got anything in November. Oh, no, it stops in February 2020. Hmm. <laughs> they used it in Fortnite. Yeah, so they don't, they don't even mention, like, this isn't even specific to uh, elections right here. Uh, so apparently CNN is reporting just a couple days ago that Fulton County hit a uh, ransomware attack. I was just looking up LokiBot and it pulled up this other one that was just, it was a report of today. I'm going to put this in the chat. You don't? Not, not to derail us, but this is like, it, it was reported by CNN two days ago and I just saw it as a headline that popped up in today's news with another outlet. It's kind of crazy we're talking about that and it All right. just happened. Similarly, CISA observed threat actors leveraging remote desktop protocol, which allows remote connection to a computer over a network to launch attacks against entities from multiple sectors, including SLTT entities, uh, state, local, tribal, and territorial. Although not as common, 12.3% of EI entities had at least one internet accessible host running RDP. <laughs> 12.3% percent of election infrastructure entities had at least one internet accessible host running remote desktop protocol brilliant sisa performed rpts and rvas for 108 ei entities election infrastructure entities rpt and rva teams 
perform penetration tests, phishing assessments, web application assessments, and data assessments. These teams identified 451 findings, which are vulnerabilities and weaknesses that can present a risk to the entity. Although not a statistically significant sample that can be generalized to the subsector, EI entities should be aware of these findings. The 9% of findings that were critical severity are vulnerabilities that pose an immediate and severe risk to the entity's IT environment due to the ease of exploit and potential impact. The 42% of findings that were high severity include weaknesses or vulnerabilities that an adversary may be able to use to exercise full control on a target device if the vulnerability were to be exploited. Spear phishing weaknesses were the most common finding observed in 73% of entities. I know we hit that before, but I'm going to I'm going to reemphasize that again. It sounds like a that sounds like like a like a lot of a percentage. That sounds like a lot of election it officials. Like most download anything they're emailed. Like kitten yeah. videos. <laughs> Damn you women and your kitten videos. No, you know what it was. It was salacious clickbait about Trump. <laughs> we really got Trump this time. Oh, shoot. Clarence I just compromised Thomas. the entire election system. <laughs> Clarence Thomas. Right? On too soon. Clarence Thomas. Click here for more details. It's donate to win red, but who knows, man? It, is it donate to win red or is it a spoof that looks like donate to win red that just installed malware on all of your devices and now they're tracking us? It's a double-barreled spear fish. You fire the first spear, you kill the fish, and then with the other spear, you catch the fish, and then Burning Bright comes in to save you from the sharks that are coming from the blood in the water, and that's that's the end of it. No, seriously, guys, you got to be really careful with that. When you get these emails that like send you to like Facebook or Twitter or whatever and ask you to log in, never, ever do that. Never, ever, ever do that. Don't log into any website that you click a link in an email. Never. And especially Steve. if it's something like um, uh, your credit card was declined for the IRS, blah, 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 or whatever. Like a real easy way to, to look at those is look at who is the sender email address. Mm -hmm. Usually not a uh, government email address. They can spoof those things and make it look like it's coming from a government email address. But usually those ones that are totally meant to you know, you didn't pay your taxes and we're going to come and arrest you. That kind of stuff is um, usually by, you know, a string of numbers at Gmail. Hey, shout out to the six people watching us on Twitter at seven now. Okay. Shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, we've I don't know how many are watching on Rumble, but all right. Spear phishing weaknesses, most common founding observed in 73% of entities. The broad success of spear phishing indicates that assessed entities possessed inadequate border and host level protections. You think this weakness allowed spear phishing emails to pass through back door through network border and subsequently execute on the local host with the aid of a user performing some action like clicking a link or opening a file that initiates the execution of malicious malicious payloads. In addition to indicating a lack of poor implementation or poor implement, implementation of technological protections, this finding can also indicate a lack of cybersecurity awareness and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I thought that might be good if I kept reading it. 
<laughs> Many threat actors regularly initiate attacks by employing spear phishing to capture credentials and establish initial remote access. And you can see the most prevalent attacks right there, spear phishing up at the top uh, with the high risk at 54%. 54%. Uh, exposed administrative interface, unencrypted transmission of sensitive info with 22% high risk. Patch management, 12% high risk. Cross-site scripting, username enumeration, data disclosure, and unsupported OS or application. Oh, what was that? The most frequent, is, is your husband making ruckus? No, uh, that is a horde of teenage boys outside that I'm going to text and tell to shut up now. Tell them to make me a sandwich. <laughs> the most frequent findings were exposed administrative interfaces, unencrypted transmissions of sensitive data, and patch management. Exposed administrative interfaces may increase likelihood of unauthorized access to entity management and administrative functions. Unencrypted transmission creates an easy target for attackers to capture sensitive data, like vote totals. Failing to apply the latest patches can leave a system open to attack via publicly available exploits. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is that all of these write-ups appear to be pointed towards they're going to steal data, right? But the mm -hmm. exploits that they're talking about, if I'm not mistaken, do more than just offer them the opportunity to steal data. If we're talking about elections, we're talking about offer them the opportunity to compromise the infrastructure in some other way. Maybe like what we saw in the Mesa County reports where there are other databases that duplicate and, and move votes around in the background. The things that we saw with the USB drives that can be modified and run programs on um, the machine, that kind of activity these exploits, maybe not all of them do, you know, allow for all of the same things, but they seem very focused on stealing data in a discussion about elections, critical infrastructure. And for me, the elections, critical infrastructure, the bigger question is about the accuracy of the, you know, the veracity and accuracy, integrity of the outcome of the election. They're talking about stealing passwords and and data information yeah i mean i guess it can be used for that but i think the the vulnerability itself creates much bigger problems than just somebody stealing data yeah you know the the one of the the, the takeaways from this is you know going back to the antrim report where they said that they had uh uh evidence that somebody accessed the servers there with with escalated privileges but they couldn't determine who it was and also remember the Antrim County case that DePerno brought was dismissed on the day that they were supposed to get uh, the MAC addresses that uh, the MAC and IP addresses for those machi machines to determine internet accessibility and who uh, accessed them. And, you know, they know that somebody accessed those machines based on the forensic uh, analysis. So very interesting. Um, Looking at this table here, most effective MITRE attack tactics and techniques. Techniques. Now, this is MITRE. Uh, I'm assuming this is penetration testing, so don't think that this is like... MITRE is the entity that is testing uh -huh. all of our critical infrastructure. They did uh -huh. the water stuff. They're doing the CCP vulnerabilities. They're doing comms infrastructure. They exist for this. Yeah, and MITRE's case, MITRE's report to counter Halderman wasn't even permitted in the curling V case. That's how bad it was. So uh, they have a 72% success rate with spear phishing, 81%, 82% will round up uh, for PowerShell attacks uh, techniques. Uh, let's see, we got cred credential dumping at 90%, 91%, a 
account discovery, 80, 82% past the hash, 82%. Uh, data from local systems collection at 54.5%. Commonly used port, 91%. Man, these are bad. These are bad. Bad. All right. Spear phishing links were regu were used regularly to provide initial access points using links to download malware contained in the email instead of attaching malicious files to the email itself avoids defenses that may inspect email attachments. What's up? Now we understand why they say that the um, they have no evidence that the vulnerabilities have been exploited by bad actors because their own people are exploiting them all the damn time. <laughs> Uh, 90.9% of the time. Yeah, right. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, if they're able to do it at that rate, do, are, are, do they really think we're fucking stupid? That like that if they're able to do it at that rate, you don't think there's some kid sitting in a dungeon in Serbia that's infinitely more smarter than they are that has can do it 100% of the time without anybody ever knowing? One, yes, they think we're stupid. Two, we're never supposed to see this. This is a limited document that was not supposed to go to uh, regular people. Um, and three, of course, they think we're stupid. They trotted out a lawyer with an undergrad in environmental science to tell us that our cybersecurity infrastructure is the safest and most secure in history. And everybody bought it. Safest election ever. All right. So uh, PowerShell was used to download and execute malicious payloads. OS credential dumping, account discovery, and pass the hash techniques were used in coordination to obtain credentials, enumerate accounts, and move laterally through a network. These techniques allowed adversaries to bypass access controls and move between systems to reach their targets. Commonly used ports were used to disguise malicious network traffic during communications with command and control servers. Common themes noted across these techniques include nefarious use of tools in Windows platforms and masking malicious intentions under the guise of legitimate operations. Now, one thing I do want to say about this. So when you look at the Halderman report and before the report was unsealed, CISA came out with their nine vulnerabilities. And their nine vulnerabilities read very similar to this to the layperson like me or Ash, who doesn't have much uh, tech knowledge. But then when you actually read the Halderman report, you're like, okay, that CISA report was not very good. Uh, the Halderman report's much more damning. But then when you see it in person and you hear him testify about it, it blows your mind. Like everything you're reading right here is like the most dumbed down, watered down shit for a layperson until you see what its capabilities actually are and what they can do with this type of access. And that's why this, this is, you know, I can't emphasize enough how bad these vulnerabilities likely are. And I can't say for sure because I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. Yeah, uh, I, th I think it's pretty damning and I think it's, I, I'm still stuck on the lie. I'm still stuck on the fact that this report came out in March of 2021 and they knew all these things and they continued to lie and demonize actual technology experts like Clay and Sean and others who were saying exactly this. Our, our, our election systems are unsecure and they cannot be secured because of the component parts that, that, that comprise them. That's basically what this is saying. And they were freaking demonized for saying it. What is what does the TLP Amber stand for again? Is that some sort of like traffic limited process or protocol? Meaning it's uh it's it's limited audience, and they defined that as um, people within this subsector 
Remember, this is a subsector coordinating council report that came out. People within this subsector need to be able to share it with their friends. So the NGOs, the corporations, the government entities, the pseudo government entities, they all need to be able to, to understand this, look at it, and then share it with their member people, right? Which includes government people and clerks and all that kind of stuff, but also includes Dominion and Rumbeck and, and, and those guys and CIS and CISA and, you know, all of the agency type people, they need to be able to share it so that they can ostensibly prevent against this, but (laughs) they've told all of the clerks that everything's fine, right? They've told the, the, the the clerks in the state of Colorado are wholly reliant upon Matt Crane, the head of the Colorado County Clerks Association to tell them what's true about the elections. And they trust them. They trust him because they pay him. They pay him dues. So his job is to be real with them about the election system. He tells them, hey, it's great. Don't worry about those crazy people that are telling you about vulnerabilities. There's no evidence that any vulnerabilities have been exploited by bad guys. Right. That's that's how this whole thing works is based on the trust the experts pinky promise. And in the in the context of an elected official, it's neglect of duty. That, that they've outsourced all of their, we elect the clerk in part to protect and, and administer our elections in a way that is consistent with the law and pr- preserves and ensures the outcome of those elections. But if those clerks have then outsourced every aspect of that knowledge and ability to either vendors or third-party associations, why do we elect them at all? Right. Let's, uh, Ash, let's, let's hit our next two sponsors here. And then uh, we'll be able to take this home. So we'll start out here with the wellness company. Life is unpredictable. And if we've learned anything these last four years, it's that. While we can't possibly predict everything that might be thrown at us, we can prepare for it. So we're introducing two new emergency kits from the wellness company. The first aid emergency kit is next level readiness for everything from sports activities to camping trips Compact and convenient, this kit contains critical prescription medications and supplies that every American should have on hand as your go-to situation. The travel emergency kit is specially designed for life on the go. It's compact, lightweight, and loaded with essentials for any adventure, whether it's a road trip, a hike, or just the unpredictability of daily life. Ready, be ready, because your response time matters. Next level readiness is at your fingertips with the emergency kits from the wellness company. Stay one step ahead. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC for the wellness company and use promo code Badlands for an exclusive 10% discount. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC, promo code Badlands. All right. And thank you very much to the wellness company. And next up, ladies and gentlemen, oh, we'll hit the thumbs up first. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to happiest show on earth. Yeah, look at that, man. Like that that is a creepy ass face, man. Like I like wow. it. Wow. I'm posting that on Twitter. Oh, please don't. All right. <laughs> so good. Oh, Badlanders have said no bugs, beef on fire. Have you ordered yours yet? Let's face the facts. America's supply chain is going to be increasingly disrupted in the coming months, which means it's not if we'll have a food shortage, but when. Having enough protein to feed your family for several months is essential for your survival, and that's why we've partnered with BadlandsMedia.tv slash NoBugs. They provide sous vide, freeze-dried, all-American beef from ranches in Texas that have never, ever given their cows an mRNA jab. The beef stored in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers for maximum shelf life will stay shelf-stable for more than 10 years without refrigeration and with maximum nutrition and flavor. 
all you need to do is soak it in water for 15 minutes and it's ready to eat. These are not typical survival meats. They're premium cuts of ribeye, New York strip, tenderloin, sirloin, and chuck. Get your family ready for the chaos at badlandsmedia.tv slash nobugs and use promo code BADLANDS for 10% off. Again, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash nobugs, promo code BADLANDS for 10% off. All right, and there's yes, that little scary-ass face again. Please hit that thumbs up down there at the bottom. Got a little over 2,600 people watching. Hit that thumbs up and share this out, folks. Everybody needs to see this episode. Behizzy, if you're listening, don't call me, bro. Behizzy, bro. <laughs> I'm um, trying to find the link to this as a document because you sent me the actual file. I assume it's in one of those pundit articles. Is what that are you right? doing, bro? I'm on Why We Vote right now. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Yeah. Hi, man. George. <laughs> he hung up. <laughs> oh, shoot. What the hell? I used to do that to him all the time. He'd call me in the middle of a show. I'd be like, "You're on, you're on the air, bro. Uh, what were you so the um, folks in the chat are asking for the actual copy of this report. Uh, you sent me the file itself. So I'm looking to see if it's in the Gateway Gate Pundit article. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, if you send me the link, I'll, I'll drop it in there. Yeah. Hold on. Hold for processing. Copy. <laughs> so I can't believe you answered the phone. That was so funny. Uh, you know, I haven't done that I'm to him. Time, on so. sunday we launched um todd watkins and i launched the colorado show here local um politics show and i forgot to turn my ringer off and holly called me and it was threw me off because i always turn my ringer off my phone never rings up in the air and she called me and i got all flustered and i knocked over my drink all over my keyboard brand new show right new audience new network like <laughs> knocked over my drink all over my keyboard then everything shorts out so it's just todd like sitting there you know tap dancing while i get uh, everything ripped out dried up i mean it was it, it was it was rough oh man all right let's jump back into this so now this section here is talking specifically about the phishing attacks meaning they send you an email try and get you to click a link or whatever and boom you go in EI entities had a click rate of 17.4% in 2020 in election year 2020, meaning one in five, basically people clicked the phishing link and therefore did the deed. Uh, what was the percentage? 17.4%. Oh, that was that's less than I would expect. When I was doing um, comms for the, the chief information security officer at a ma massive company, that number was way, way higher. Well, yeah, I mean, they're kind of trained a little bit on it. So that goes to show that there's still a lot of unbehizies in the chat now. I'm discombobulated with a headache from that Fanny hearing, eight hours of hearing objection. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You have no idea, bro. Um, all right. So they had a click rate of 17.4% in election year 2020. That was 7.8% higher than the 9.6 for all other SLTT and critical infrastructure entities. So in other words, they're pretty high up, actually. The election entities are higher than all the other ones a single click on a phishing email can begin an attack chain leading to network compromise a single click mm -hmm. can begin an attack leading to a network compromise wow all right and then i think there's a little bit more here it says uh phishing susceptibility 
RPT and RVA teams were able to bypass email filtering controls to launch spear phishing attacks in 73%. We read that. EI entities had a 17.4% click rate. 48% of election infrastructure entities experienced a critical or high severity vulnerability on at least one internet accessible host during election year 2020. Uh, I'm getting towards... We're getting towards the most end. secure in history. Yep. Uh, threat actors observe uh, excuse me threat actors target unsupported os versions because their lack of security patches and updates increase the ease of exploitation it's almost like they didn't give them the patches and all that stuff deliberately like wink wink go ahead and jump in i, I mean i don't know because a lot of these patches and you know i know somebody in the chat will correct me if i'm wrong on this but these component parts are not very specific election things right they're, they're hardware and software components that are in a lot of our critical infrastructure all over the place. And when there is, if you're in a government capacity, you know, say you're in a water municipality or you're a county clerk in an elections, and there is a discovered vulnerability in some sort of box or router or, or, or machine that you're using, CIS's job is to get that information to you as quickly as possible because you're in charge of critical infrastructure and they're in charge of monitoring the vulnerabilities to our critical infrastructure. But as we've seen, you mentioned it with Maricopa and Antrim and, you know, Curling Rue, Raffensperger in Georgia, Mesa County, they, they're like, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. But Brad Raffensperger, I don't think we're going to patch any of that stuff before 2024. It would be a lot of work. Yeah. Well, so there you have it, folks. That is, um, that's the end of the report. Uh, this is a report that's been buried for uh, almost three years. Next month, it'll be three years that this report has been wildly under-known, unknown by the general public as they gaslight us and tell us that it was the safest, most secure election ever. I do want to play uh, the video that Ash sent me, and I'm going to pull that up now, and we'll play that, and then uh, we'll, we'll start to wrap this show up. I got some comments and I know Ash has got some comments and we'll. Yeah. Some, uh, EH Kyle said you posted the link in the chat, but we can't click links on the chat if we're on our phone. I also put it in the comments on the stream, which I'll, stays. I'll post, I'll post so. it to X and Truth as well. So if you guys mm -hmm. follow me on X at CanCon Actual and on Truth at CanCon, I'll, I'll uh, post it there as well. So it's yeah, let's go, ahead and, let's, go, let's go ahead and play this. Start with a virus imported into America. Talk about it nonstop. Call some governors. Not them. Not them. That's who guys. Put patients into nursing homes. Kill thousands. Blame the president. Keep blaming. Blame some more. Lock down small business. Kill the economy. Push mail-in voting. Stoke a race war. Call for riots. Pick a candidate. No, not her. Yeah, that's more like it. Lock him in his basement. Shield him from the press. Don't cover this. Don't cover this. Don't cover this. Keep doing that. Ignore the economic recovery. Downplay the world peace. Pump the pause. Pump. Pump. Don't stop pumping. Install your software in swing states. That was fast. Take control of polling stations. Call off the election when you're losing. Kick everyone out. Pull out all the extra ballots. Get the software to do its thing. Get the media to say it's over. Call the big tech guys. Ban anyone who notices. Act like the whole thing never happened. Stealing the most powerful republic in the world. It's that easy. Yeah. Yep. 
That's nuts, man. That's nuts. Yeah. Prophetic. Cause that came out that, that video came out early 2021. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to source it, but um, yeah, that, and now, so strings and things said before. Um, so Chris Krebs lied. We've known that for how long? Yeah, we've known it forever. But this document that basically outlines how he lied and um, proves that everybody that is involved in the sector coordinating council, which includes all of the vendors, all of the associations, um, a lot of NGOs and get out the vote type people, anybody in this this sector of uh, of critical infrastructure and, and sector of our economy in the elections industry, they all knew this. They all got this report. And then every single one of them went out and told the American people that this was the safest and most secure election in history and that there is no problem. And then anybody that's talking about problem spreading a big lie, we're all trying to steal the election and overturn the election. Ah, uh, insurrection, right? What? What would have happened with the uh, insurrection had they told the truth about this? And remember, this report was done when in 2020, October 24th? It's It started, uh, I, I don't know the exact date it was complete. November 3rd. November, November 3rd, 2019, November 3rd, 2020. Yeah. Had, had What if CISA came out? How many people knew about this? And in the wake of 2020, nah, it's not going to see here. It's no evidence that our elections this is safe and most it's a gold standard guys we know what we're doing how dare you question it are you trying to be an insurrection what is this big lie that you're all spreading that's how we were treated and they all freaking knew no plausible deniability can't say you didn't know can't say oh i was misled nope not if you're in that subsector coordinating council you're, you can't say it folks Seriously, this might be one of the more important episodes, one of the most important episodes I think that we've done because we're using their own report, folks. Yeah. That is CISA's report. The same entity, like like Ash said, that told us safest election ever and has gaslit us and censored us and shot shot down our lives, shut down our lives. Uh, you know, controlled every facet of the of the social media infrastructure and networking and everything else that we've gone through, the hell that we've gone through. People like me, people like Behizzi, people like, uh, you know, Nick Moseder and, and Q out of the darkness and and Neil Johnson, the guys that got banned with me, Ash and Holly and what they had to go through. You know, all these Hall people. of Parlor. Everybody, yeah. everybody that had an account on Parlor. All the J6ers, everybody. Folks, that report right there is the key to all of it. $780 million from Fox News. Lawsuits to Newsmax, OANN, Gateway Pundit. We're, they're still being sued. Yeah. And it's all bullshit. And they know it. And they've known it. Insane, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, Ash. I'll let you have the last word. Nah, it is. It is insane. And it's... um. I mean, it's exciting that this report is coming out and that we now have confirmation that they knew, of course, as you know, others have said, we knew that they were lying because actual technical experts have pointed out these vulnerabilities before. There's a lot of these vulnerabilities are included in a report that um, Colonel Sean Smith gave to Colorado legislators on April 24th of 2021. We've known about these problems for a long time. We haven't been able to prove that they knew about the problems and covered it up, and now we can. And I think that's very exciting. It's also pretty maddening. Yeah. Um, there needs to be accountability. This can't 
we can't let this go. It can't just be like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you guys figured it out. Okay, another bite at the apple now. We're going to now bring in blockchain voting. This needs to be shared absolutely everywhere. Major, major hat tip to Yehuda Miller. If you're not following him on Twitter or X, you well, need well to. Well done. Yehuda, Y-E-H-U-D-A underscore Miller. Uh, he's done some incredible work over the last, uh, you know, several months and, and year. Uh, so give him a follow if you if you don't already. And again, please, guys, this is so important to share this out to everybody, everyone. Kill them with their own words, okay? And figuratively speaking, of course. Uh, give them their own words, their own report. Get the link. Send it out to your friends. Tell them to read this. Whatever you got to do, folks. We if if we don't get this cleaned up, man, we lose this country. And and that was an eye opener right there. Yeah, and your legislators too. Make sure your legislators have this. Take the report, send it to them, give them the just, you know, copy some bits out of the executive summary. Make sure that they know. Uh go to the heads of committees. Make sure they know. Make sure your state legislators know. Don't let them cover this up. Um, we should get to rants before we run out of time. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna that's gonna do it for our show today. Uh, Ash, yeah. we made it through another mar. Oh, we do have rants. I was yeah. gonna say we made it through another uh, marathon here, but I know uh, we got a couple. Oh, 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 let me pull them up. Let me pull them up. Yeah, it was a this is a crazy week, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm tired. Okay, mocking on. We read this one, but I'll read it again. Mo uh, Ruby Sh Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss received a Presidential Citizens Medal from Joe Biden in 2023 for passing off gingermans. Uh, weird nothing. Wow is now a monthly supporter. Thank you so much. Chickaboom, fifty bot dollars. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ash and Brian, for all your hours you put in this week. You've been on air for twelve hours today alone, plus your prep time. Nothing but love for both of you. Yeah, thanks, man. Like that's thank you been, so much. That's been rough. Like I, it, it's disheartening to, for me because like I get to my uh badlands daily show and i'm like man all day yesterday because i i'm prepping throughout the day you know yeah. i pull stories and send them to myself and and so when i don't have that because i'm on air the whole entire day i feel like i failed you guys on daily so uh if the last two shows well sucked, you did I'm <laughs> <Just kidding>. Thanks, <laughs> Ash. well i was on one of them with you so i would still take myself if that's true no right. I, you know it is it is difficult though um to to be on the air all day and prep content for another show the following morning get yeah. it seaside lady says uh twenty dollars thank you so much just thank you for thanks for all your hard work you are loved and so are you and each and every one of you guys listening i just realized i don't have that pulled up right now but uh seaside lady chick boom uh weird nothing wow and Machinon. thank you guys all so much uh, I'm going to eat Taco Bell tonight because of those <laughs> badass rumble rants. Cajun says, did you pee in a cup? No, I did not. Not since I was on the Is road. Is that on the table? You being no, drug I've, tested now? I've got a monster right here. I've got a, a seltzer water right here, a Mountain Dew right here, coffee cup, coffee cup, water cup, water cup. Now, tonight, I clean it all off for the week. And all right. All right. All right, guys. Oh, why is Flying Storm telling me to play this? I just I pulled it up. It's a clip of, uh, yeah, pull it up. It's good. It's not that we've long. Got, we've got a couple minutes left, so we'll play it here. Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis? <laughs> this is epic. Ever. Ever.
So good, and he's like, I book loads of cabins. I book cabins all day long. <laughs> the newfound, the newfound glory version of that is uh, one of my favorites too. They did a cover of it, and they're a local punk rock band. Uh, uh, Massive Media LLC says, "Keep kicking them in the nutsack. We will do our best, friend." So much for the rant. That was awesome. All right, guys, we are. We are out of here. Have a great weekend, Ash. I don't want to see you until Wednesday of next week. So GTFO. I'm just kidding. I, I'm not kidding. But I'm not kidding. Yeah. Watch in Monday, Monday or Tuesday, you could be like, "Shoot, can you sit in on daily for me? Because so and so is out." And I don't know. You said you didn't want to see me until Wednesday. I'm just kidding. No, it's just it's been a hell of a week. I'm gonna go lay on the couch, smoke a joint. And- oh, one thing I wanted to say, um, so everybody knows, the Supreme Court dropped. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, they 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 were in session today. They were doing conference and and other things, and they put out a um, notice this morning that they are going to drop an orders list on Tuesday. We don't know if the 14th Amendment will be on it, but there will be new orders coming down on Tuesday, February 20th. And that's um, very exciting. I would hope that they would try to get this thing done before the primary in Colorado. Um, but, you know, other attorneys say that uh, they don't have to because he's on the ballot. So it's not a big deal and et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see. But do, we know, do we know anything about Coy Griffin's thing with the Supreme Court today? No. no. Okay. I don't. Uh, so, yeah. Coy Griffin, uh, they, there was apparently like a private meeting today with the, with the justices about uh, Coy Griffin because he's challenging that as well. So yeah. um, anyways, all right, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please hit the thumbs up and share this video with everybody. We, especially your legislators. Great point by Ash. And we are out of here. Bye guys. It's agency effort to protect the 2020 election by surging coordination and collaboration with our partners across the national security space. In conclusion, because of these and other efforts, on November 12, 2020, government and industry representatives from the election security community issued a joint statement reflecting a consensus perspective that the 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. As you move out. Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.